Such a massive scheme, uh, really, which is a large in scale in terms of its actual size and also large in scale in terms of its longevity. We're talking about something going forward through many generations here and getting people involved and nothing more important really than getting people out there, I suppose, Tim, and, and getting into children, getting out in, in, in sort of interacting with the environment and no better way to do that than through play. You've exactly hit part of the point of the work up at Clebane, really, um, as part of Ramsey Forest. So trying to encourage kids to connect, get out, really starting to explore themselves. And um, we're calling it wild play. It, it's a way of them starting to sort of learn about risk and really kind of engage in their own way with nature at a really kind of low kind of level. We're not going to be kind of thrusting lots of facts and figures down their throat or anything. They're just going to be really enjoying allowing the inspiration to happen by whatever they're exploring, really. And is it an effort going out to actually get to the schools and get kids in there? Because uh, when Arrow and I were up there the other day, we saw some of the work going on with sort of, there's a maze going in, there's stepping stones, there are hides and a, a fort, something to really sort of try and spark the imagination, I guess. Yes, yeah, so partly it, it, we've been making quite creative use of the the wood that's coming out through the restoration and making the kind of play equipment and um, with the wood that can't come off site and things really giving them some ways and routes to explore and stuff and um, but there's a lot of other schoolwork Dawn will be able to mention um, that goes on on site through the sort of education service and things and um, really making use of of the site and um, in the moment we're not we're not kind of pushing it massively we're letting people kind of find it and um we're starting to learn how you know what how people feel about the site, how they're using it. We're getting loads of really positive feedback as people are naturally starting to be encouraged to use it more and things. Obviously, there's the snail fort and the view across the north of the island that's quite spectacular, and it's going to continue to grow because it it's all sort of natural wild play features. So things like the hazel maze, you know, we're talking about three years, and that's just going to be a completely different scene for children to explore and at the moment it's quite different so there's always going to be something to go back for repeat visits and kind of find more that's going to really enthuse you and inspire you and we saw that hazel maze when we were up there and going around which had been recently planted so quite a lot of young saplings there yeah it was obviously in its early stages but what's the um i suppose when are you expecting that to really sort of take off and, and form the labyrinth yeah i'll keep getting um sort of taller and needing bits of work but we're probably looking at three years plus for it to really start taking shape and then that'll just increase really over that time after that as we really start sort of being able to create the passageways as the hazel grows up and we're able to sort of perhaps coppice bits of areas and manipulate some of the growth and things so it becomes kind of a, a really kind of creative space for kids to explore. And in terms of the forest at the moment, we were walking through the, the Clubane side of things. A lot of felled trees, a lot of people are going to walk through there and sort of see, oh, it looks like a bit of a mess. But in actual fact, it, it's almost this kind of rewilding process. It's being left to its own devices. You want to, I don't know, utilise and recycle the wood in there and, and, and keep it in the forest, but it just in a different form. Yeah, so that, that hits kind of, you know, the, it, it's a plantation. Originally, there's some patches of the sort of, uh, all day more broadleaf and native woodland there and obviously right next door there's Elfin Glen as well as a bit of a jewel of, of woodland and 
you'll notice the kind of light breaking through in the areas that we've started to do some felling and sometimes it can look quite sort of destructive or hugely contrasting with the other areas but that soon goes as the the kind of life's coming back the open areas the woodland ground floor starts coming back and expanding and it's basically going to be a woodland haven in the future and it's quite a slow process it's never going to be a sort of massive sudden clear fell or anything we're talking about just quite a creative use of the the wood engaging people over what what's kind of going on there and of course you know there's there's all this kind of where plant work that's fitting in and, and things like that because we're going from this kind of plantation woodland to what's going to be a real native woodland resource that we don't necessarily have on the island. And Dawn, you do obviously a lot of work with kids all the time. Have you been up there much or have you been up there with parties at all of, of the school children? Yes, I have. Um, and it's quite good in that we're moving away from the sort of nature walk, you know, when teachers used to go out and say, look at the blue tit over there, look at the caterpillar crawling, whatever. And we're using it a bit more creatively. So um, with Bunskull Rumsair, I went up and we did the Enchanted Forest and we were looking at different things like on the back of the bracken, the, the little um, pods. We were calling those like fairy coins and the children got really, really into it. So we're using it in a more creative way and they're engaging at a, a different level rather than this straightforward what we're used to a nature ramble. And that makes all the difference and, and something you do a lot on social media as well, Graham. I suppose it's getting it's getting the imagination fired up. If you get kids engaged in whatever form, even if they start off just sort of looking at stuff, you know, on their iPad or their phone or whatever the case may be, it then inspires them to go out and maybe go out with Dawn or maybe go out on their own or go out with school or something, get their hands dirty and actually get out there then. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit counterintuitive because we know that things like games consoles and, and smart devices have been the problem for a number of years now because kids are just glued to them. And they've we've kind of lost a skill, I think, of, of knowing what to do. If you go out into nature, how to enjoy it, the kind of games to play and, and the things that you can do. And I think that's a skill that, that we, we're kind of losing as a society. And so what we really tried to do up at Clubane by building the you know the, the snail fort and, and the maze and things like that is, is really just help helping them along with that imagination of how they can interact with nature and with wildlife to, to really enjoy it and get some benefit out of it. Um, so yeah, I, I know it feels a bit wrong using social media to try and convince people to do that, but obviously it's something that everybody has, everybody looks at, and we can really show them the benefits of going up there. And we know statistically now there's some really good um, evidence to say that being out in nature is really good for you, uh, not just in terms of mental health, but also if you're recovering from uh, an injury, for example. We know people recovering from surgery recover quicker if they have access to a natural space. Um, so part of what Manx Wildlife Trust tries to do is get people out into nature more often and obviously the Ramsey Forest Project in Clebane is very much part of that that idea to get people to discover what nature can do for them. And I think you, you touched on this there, uh, this, this essence of well-being as well and that there's one thing with actually getting people involved and getting youngsters involved but there's it spans all the decades really it doesn't matter what age you are there seems to be an increasing body of life and those of us who have been gardeners for some time I think are a great believer in getting out getting your hands dirty actually growing things interacting with nature just has a beneficial effect overall I think on on 
not only your attitude towards life, but your own personal health as well. Absolutely. It works on so many levels because just going for a walk around Clubane, um, Hairpin Woodlands, the Ramsey Forest in general, um, it's going to get your, your heart rate up. It's going to mean you get some physiological benefits from it, but also uh, the, the, the mental health, the, the well-being that you'll get from just being out in nature. Seeing wildlife, you know... <coughs> We know that seeing wildlife is going to uh, improve your mental state, make you feel good about things. So we, we know there's things that work particularly well. The Wildlife Trust, our, our parent organisation, runs something called 30 Days Wild, which people may have heard of. Every year during the month of June, we ask people to go out every day and do something wild every day. And that doesn't have to be something major. It could be a, a simple thing as, as taking your lunch break uh, you know, outside, having a walk through. Uh, through a local park or something like that or or going and dangling your, your feet in the water just things that connect you again with nature and we've had some really good stories from people about how that's kind of taken them back to their childhood about how connecting with nature was really important to them and convincing them to do that again and we know that some of the benefits of 30 days wild I mean for example last year um, across the whole of the British Isles 18,500 people signed up to 30 days wild and took part in um, over 300,000 engagements with, with wildlife and nature. Um, and we know for a fact that that's improved health, happiness and, and connection to nature, not just during the month of June, but that's lasted six, seven months afterwards as well. So we know it has a, a lasting beneficial effect on people's lives. And if you get in there early, uh, I was thinking... I saw or heard, I think, David Attenborough last night talking about um, he's just been out over in Davos and he was saying how he'd been out on a, a school trip or some sort of educational trip with a young child and uh, you might have come across this storm where he said they'd been out and this child had picked up a stone and looked underneath it. Look at that, a slug. What a treasure. <laughs> Dawn's like the right person to ask. He loves a slug. <laughs> You're a slug fan? Yes. <laughs> well, someone's got to be, yeah. Not the gardeners, maybe. But yeah. That oh. said, there is a myriad of slugs, and some of them are actually very remarkable. You know, some yeah, are very yes. colourful. But that's the whole thing, isn't it? You go out, and it, it is these simple things which can, be, can bring the most pleasure sometimes. It is, and we sort of lost that skill as an adult, and it's trying to get people back. Um, I was talking to a double wi group only the other evening and we were going why don't we lie down in the grass anymore i mean i know it's sort of a certain age it's harder to get back up but you know as a child used to just lie in the grass and watch like the insects crawling and just breathing that smell why do we stop what what is it that stops us it it's is, isn't it? It's just because you feel they have to be adult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Conform. And yeah. Then, you know, yeah. And suddenly you lose that connection. It a is. A little, that source of inspiration. And wonder That's the whole thing, I think, isn't it? With something like the Forest Project, where, you, where you're talking about, A, something which is going to go on, as we were saying, for generations. But it, it is something that's going to be on your doorstep there. And if you're, you know, if you're up in Ramsey, it's it's something you can whip up to. And, there, you know, there are various plans for you know, running tracks and cycle tracks and the children we've been mentioning there. But it's just something that, yeah, I suppose it's a case of something's convenient and you can interact with it quickly. You're far more tempted to do it. So like you say, you just think, all right, I've got half an hour at lunch. I can, rather than just sit at my desk, I can just whip out there, go up and, you know, have a little paddle around. Maybe, you know, go up and sit in the fort, go up and sit in a tree. And just something as simple as that can actually make a big difference, not just to your day, but, but to your life generally. You know, it just puts you more in contact. Yeah, and um, one of the things we'd looked into was um, blue well-being. The fact that, you know, close to the coast... And see for the island it's a really big area of interest but just being able to hear the waves and the wave action and things and the fact that can massively reduce stress you know it's going to have a big impact for our population quality of life and that's without the kind of you know ease of access to other areas of nature and stuff as well 
You can buy a device that that helps you sleep. It, it plays white noise. Um, that's supposed to, to it just plays white noise to help you sleep, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you don't need that. Just open the window, listen to the sea, listen to the rain, listen to the the wind. Um, it all has the same effect. And what's interesting is that obviously Manx Wildlife Trust, a lot of people associate with your work on the ground, looking after our native species of birds <coughs> and marine life and whatnot. But you're actually like, you're encouraging almost a conservation of human well-being as well as a result of your work, aren't you? Absolutely. Humans are part of nature. Mark Hocker was over for a talk last year and he made a, a fantastic point that we don't need to make a home for nature. Nature is our home. And I think that's so true. And what I think a lot of people are in losing connection with nature is they've lost how important it is to us. And we all know how, you know, trees produce oxygen. And obviously that's the air that we breathe um, and the food that we eat. You know, it's all reliant on nature. We all know about pollinators now and the problem with, with bees pollinating our crops. Um, and so we're trying really hard to educate people about how important um, nature and the environment is. But the fact that we're part of it. Yeah, you can't step out from it, you know. It, when I talk to teenagers, you always get the typical teenagers, well, what's it got to do with me? And if I take a straw, is that going to make any difference? And you go, well, actually, yes. I mean, what about the air you're breathing? Everything, you're linked. You mm. can't opt out of this. You are part of this planet, whether you like it yeah. or not. And I think one of the other things that always strikes me is that you were talking about social media before and whatever, and it is true, you think, you see... A lot of kids now, I say kids, a lot of you know young people coming up that will be glued to their phones or their uh, mobile devices. Sometimes maybe part of the answer is to work with that rather than against it. And, and I know uh, I've read various things saying, well, OK, yeah, maybe take it out. And there has been aspects of this where you can get things like apps now where, you know, what plant is that sort of plant snap or whatever. So you can go along and you can take a look and rather than, OK, you know, my day would be, a, you know, you, you observe a book of plants or something. I think I've no idea what that is you'd be looking through. And I still stick with that being an old technology man, but uh, trying not to be a Luddite. But yeah, you can you can now get some of these phones where you can think, yeah, take a snap or whatever, connect, if you can connect up, boom, you can quite often get an answer, get details, get stuff about the plant, which often makes it more exciting if you can get some details about, oh, yeah, oh, that's what I'm looking at, that's what it's linked to. Yeah. There is definitely an element of, uh, if you can't beat them, join them, and technology brings a lot to the table that can really help us interact with nature. Um, you mentioned some apps there, uh, you know, plant snap and things like that that allow you to identify animals. It's great for getting people, because knowledge is, is what inspires interest, isn't it? And the more you know about something, the more interested you get in it. So those apps can be really useful. Another part of the project that we're running up at, at the Ramsey Forest Project at Clebane uh, is we're installing live beacons. So as people walk around with a smartphone, if they have the live beacon app, they can pick up uh, various 
stories and um, um, bits of information about the various areas. So we've done a nature trail and a heritage trail that people can walk around the site and as they get to various locations, it'll pop up on their phone and there'll be some photos. It'll tell them a little bit of information about that site. We've got a, a recording of the Dawn Chorus. If, uh, if like me, you don't fancy getting up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning to go and record the Dawn Chorus. I did that, by the way. Um, <laughs> you, you can actually listen to it through your phone to save you having to do that. And uh, I'll tell you, the Dawn Chorus up at Clubane is incredible. It's interesting, actually, because not everyone is going to have the pleasure of being escorted through Clubane Forest or Glen Elfin with Andre Dullam. So it's great that there are these access points that I suppose you can, like you say before, you're not fighting against social media. It can be incorporated into nature and um, enrich the experience, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, without taking away from what's on site as well. You know, we're talking about small kind of mobile connected items really that are there they're not going to be intrusive and this is all thanks to manx lottery trust funding we've been able to explore this test it out and then you know graham's been able to find ways to you know really bring the media to people and then with andre's work suddenly hopefully it's going to be a real positive engagement so we're making the most of the fact that nearly everybody's got their smartphone with them etc we can make the most of that interaction as well as the fact that what we're doing is encouraging them to really start engaging with activities on the site and things as well, learning that bit more. I should mention that we're just trialling the live beacons at the moment. So if you go up to Clubane today, you won't. That won't work. <laughs> uh, but we'll we'll obviously be publicising when they're when they're rolled out across the site. And just uh, finally, on this perhaps we should say if, if people are wanting to go and either a find out more or b go and see it for themselves. Uh, Where's the best thing if people want to just read more or find out more? Where's the best place to go? Is there somewhere online or should they go to the shop? And where would you recommend if people want to go up to uh, and see a bit of the forest project going on? Where, where would you suggest they go up as a, as a starting point? Uh, so in terms of geographically, the best place to start is uh, the hairpin. Uh, everyone knows the hairpin on the TT circuit. Yeah. Um, there's parking there. And then you can just follow the path up. Uh, past the quarry from there and uh, as time goes on we'll be putting as I say the live beacons in some signage and so on to show people where they can go um, we've produced a, a map which shows the, the the routes that you can take around the various features that, that we've built um, we're talking about it regularly on social media so followers on you know Facebook Instagram and Twitter uh, we've got information on the website and yes is if people come into the shop um, they'll be able to pick up our reserves leaflet and there's some uh, content there about uh, the Ramsey Forest project as well <coughs> don't worry pardon you ah, it's all that fresh air <laughs> yeah it's that interaction with nature so we get to the back of the throat <coughs> a little minty no, um, he just needs a pat on the back he's still got something stuck in his throat <laughs>